Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Crystal Palace Women's Show. Uh, of, as always, it's an Eagle Eye View presentation. Um, myself, Mike, and my co-host, Phil, bring you the show tonight. Uh, Phil, the big question, are you there? Can you hear me? I can, Michael. Hello. Um, nice to speak to you again. How are you today? Yeah, I was a pleasure. I was a pleasure. I just tried to mix it up then. So a Presentation. That's a long word, isn't it, for you? I know. Well, <laughs> I say the same thing every week. <laughs> So I thought, you know what, this week I'm going to throw out, I'm going to just change up a couple of words. You know, you know, go to town on it. I'm impressed. So, uh, I'm very impressed. Thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, not bad. It's uh, another big word, although it's actually multiple words abbreviated. But uh, uh, NaNoWriMo started today. It stands for National Novel Writing Month. Oh. Um, it's something that goes on every year for November, uh, where basically it's a challenge to write 50,000 words within the month. Wow, um, and if you achieve it, it's just, well, you know. I think they used it used to be um, some books could end up getting published out of it. I, I don't know if you ever heard the book um, No Water for Elephants or something like that. I think it's called. It was a film as well. Uh, with Nicole Kidman in it, I think. Oh, okay, um, okay. No. but it, uh, that was a Nanorimo written book. So, but I think that, there's so many people do it now. I don't think you get that end of it anymore. But um, I've I've done it for about this would be my fifth or sixth year doing it. And I've I've used it to kind of move along either the books from my series that I've written or um, a couple of fan fiction ones to to make a big dent in them because it kind of it drives you to go and to write hard for a month, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. Started today, so I'm, I'm using it to try. I think I realised I used it last year to start my uh, the final book in my uh, my medieval series, and now I'm using it to try and finish that book. <laughs> So, wow. uh, yeah. That's today. A little bit of information you probably didn't need to know, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's me. How about yourself? You're right. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on the weather because we obviously, you know, we've got this storm coming. We've got a lot of rain. Um, and I was I'm, I was mean, meaning to check Wildstone to see whether or not they have many games called off for a waterlogged pitch because I, I'd imagine that if they've not got good drainage, there's a chance it could be off um, on Sunday because. I think this storm's going to bring an awful lot of rain with it. So anyway, we'll see. But so I'm keeping an eye on that. But I, 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 I forgot earlier to look. I was going to sort of search to see how many games Wildstone had, had called off recently, if any, uh, for waterlogged pitch. But yeah, so I'm just keeping an eye on that and hoping that we get a game because obviously we've, we're already one game behind everybody else apart from Sheffield United, of course, who we're due to play in that extra game. But we do not want to have a, a, a fixture like pile up at towards the end of the season, really, do we? So I'm just hoping that it's on on Sunday. So I'm just keeping an eye on that, on the weather, on that storm, really. But, but yeah, I'm not. I'm fine. I'm really good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. But I watched the Lionesses and um, disappointing result against Belgium. I mean, gosh. Um, hold fire. Hold fire. Hold fire on that. Are you, oh, you're going to talk about it? Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll. Uh, um, yeah. Just to very quickly pick up. I mean, I, from a selfish point of view, I must admit, I'm I'm kind of hoping it's called off. Just because I really wanted to go, <laughs> I, can't, can't. I, I know you can't make it. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's one of those. But you know what? You say about the fixture pile up, but I actually think it can be really beneficial in the second half of the season. Because reality is, at the moment, we're still trying to get players back. So yeah. at the moment, we're playing games where we haven't got the full complement of the squad. You know, yeah, you know, if you there's every possibility. Obviously, we could pick up injuries before then, but you know. If the, I'd imagine the Sheffield game will be rescheduled for early next year. Say so if this one was called off and rescheduled by that game, but by, by the time they actually then play them, 
you know, you could have a fully firing Lucy Watson, you could have Kira Barry available, you could have Sibs available, do you know what I mean? So, um, plus I think also you're then playing weak regularly because at the moment, you know, we're going to play after, we'll play Southampton on the 19th of November. We we then won't play again for a month. Other than, well, I think well, we'll play them on the 19th, then on the Wednesday we'll play Old Kent in the Cup and then we're not scheduled to play again until like the the 17th of December where we play Reading away and yeah. then we don't play yeah. again until about the 20th of January. Obviously, there's yeah. a cup game in there somewhere, but, you know, we, we're going to, it opens up where you just hardly ever play and I think like last season where we had a couple of games rescheduled to, and we ended up playing them, you know, on that, uh, filling in in the second half of the season, I actually think it benefited us. Mm. We then got on a run of games where we were playing week in, week out. Um, and I actually think that was better for us than playing a game, not playing for ages and such. So, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, I'm hoping that the, the rearranged game against Sheffield United is not a midweek game. I'd rather it be on a Sunday. I think that I think our attendance will be much higher then. Um, I think uh, get, getting over to Sutton for a lot of people in the rush hour for a 7.30 kickoff or whatever would be on a Tuesday or Wednesday would be more difficult. So really hoping that when they rearrange it, it's actually on a Sunday or weekend. It's due to be played on a Saturday, actually, wasn't it? But yeah. hopefully it'll be on a weekend at least, Saturday or Sunday, rather than a midweek. Because I, I think do it think... will be. You think last yeah. season it was the game, the home game against them, was that was postponed because of the waterlogged pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, and that was very yeah. weekend because I don't. I think the issue for Sheffield would be because I don't know how full time they are now, but the issue for them would be to travel down on a Wednesday night or something like that. Yeah. So you know, I, I think it, I think you've got enough weekends in the second half of the season where yeah. you, you can fit it in. Um, Excellent. So I think Let's it will be. So. Um, yeah. Right. So, so tonight's show is a bit of a biddy one, really, because obviously normally we'd be reviewing a game, and that's the bulk of. Of the talk is reviewing the game, and then unless we've got someone on from the uh, the opposition team, now the, the previews are there's only so much you can really say. Um, so uh, yeah, but sure, we haven't got a game to review. Um, we've only really got the Sheffield United game. That's why the um, Watford game to preview. So we will discuss that a, a little bit later. Um, but there's just a few other bits we will sit up, sit up, possibly talking about. Obviously, the under 19s Um. The uh, I know you wanted to mention about the Ballon d'Or. Um, yeah. And I, I, I thought, I mean, it's one of those shows, we'll either talk for 20 minutes and that'll be us done. Or we'll be an hour and a half in wondering how on earth we've done an hour and a half <laughs> we had, when we had like, nothing to talk about at the start of the show. Um, no enough, it'll be an hour and a half though. Well, yeah, yeah we yeah. can waffle. Um, <laughs> but so that's why I said to hold off for the Lionesses because obviously that we played last night. There's no game, there's no game to review because it's been an international break. And I just thought, not something we need to beat the drum about for long, but obviously we've played, it's, it's, it's the Nations League where apparently we've decided to be just as pants in it as the men are. Uh, and obviously we we, we we got a 1-0 win against Belgium on Friday and then we lost 3-2 away to them last night. So uh, we, apparently I didn't realise that our the hopes of um, a Team GB at the Olympics relies on us winning the group or something. Um, so that's on the, yeah. that's on the verge of being buggered. Uh, so, um, but obviously, as you say, you, now you're, you're going to say about the disappointment stuff, I just for a, a, a chance to have a quick say about the Lionesses, because um, I actually think there's been an issue for a while, um, but I was just kind of curious in your thoughts, first of all, about it. 
Yeah, well, um, it's been really disappointing. It, it, we just look like a completely different team without having any confidence, which is really odd. We didn't play well in the World Cup. We managed to scrape through um, to the final, and then we were outplayed by Spain in the final. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was, I was really disappointed. Really, I thought, I thought we did well to get back in the game after, you know, we were, after we went behind. But I just. Um, I just thought that there was something missing. I, I think the only player really that can come out of that game with, the, with their head held up was probably Lauren Kemp, uh, Hemp, actually, because Lauren um, just she she was just so dangerous all the time. She's so quick. She had a you know she had a normal good game. I think that some of her crossings could do with some improvement. But I mean, she's so such a danger. She she's our best player at the moment, really, it's attacking wise. I just think we just look sloppy. We look really slow at the back. I mean, when we're up against pace, um, and obviously, you know, they're they're Tessa Tessa is just like um lightningly quick and we get exposed with or, or, you know when we're up against pace we haven't got the we haven't got the pace at the back really so i was really disappointed with um with the with the performance and generally i thought you know we didn't do we didn't deserve to get much out of the game really we just sort of seemed to lack a bit of confidence really i mean the goals were decent weren't they i mean especially um frank kirby's i mean the, the, the way lauren hemp goes past people she creates havoc and creates that space lovely little pull back as well for that for that goal but um lucy bronze of course she's always been dangerous in the air um she scores she scores quite a lot of goals for barcelona from corners as well i've noticed in the last year and a half she's been there so i think um i think you know it's just it's baffling as to what's happened i mean obviously we've lost some players you know we've had retirements and you know um uh we've had to move obviously key injuries beth mead being the main one really and then obviously um our captain williamson um leah's been out for, for for a while as well so but even leah williamson's not got really that much pace really i mean she's quicker than millie bright but she's not really got the lightning pace and so i'm just sort of i'm baffled really and it's a real test for for serena now because you know she's got to try and pull this all together and we've got the netherlands at home in the next game which we've got a win there next two we've got netherlands and scotland and the funny thing is you mentioning about qualifying for the olympics obviously you know in the olympics we're great britain so you know it's not just going to be an england team it'll be a mixture and actually it's in it's in scotland's interest to lose to england so that if we finish top of the group there might be some scottish players in the british team in the olympics that can't be right can it a team going into a game almost thinking it's in my personal win you know the top players in scotland they're thinking well i might get in the olympic squad you know if we lose this game to england and england finish top of the group it just doesn't make sense to me really that that could be allowed you know but anyway that's the way it is so even you know it depends it depends on england topping the group as to whether or not a scottish player can <laughs> they've got to play scotland as well so it's all ugh. It's, I just find it really odd, really, that, that you know, it's still got to be a conflict of interest if you're a Scottish player. You know, you almost want be thinking well, it's better for me to lose so I can go to the Olympics, you know. But anyway, um, talking about England as, a, you know, the, the, the setup as it is at the moment, something's, something's missing. Um, I think Serena really did. Um, she used the substitutes. She always had this sort of, you know, back, you know, back pocket. She always had these substitutes that could come on and change games. I don't think she's really got that now. Even when Rachel Daly came on, 
you know, it's not. It wasn't the same sort of impetus that we had when we had Toon and Russo coming on in the in the Euros. So I think there's a little bit of a, an issue regarding what's Plan B. You know, when things aren't going right, we always used to be able to turn things around with these substitutes. But we don't seem to be able to do that now. Um, I think there's players out of form. I think Alessia Russo, since she's gone to Arsenal, has not been the same player. I, I think she's had a poor season generally. And um, she's really strong at holding the ball up, but she doesn't, she, you know, she missed a really good chance at the back post where she sort of put it wide. And I know she was stretching for it, but she should have, got, she's got to hit the target. Um, so there's a bit of a lack of confidence there, I think, because she's not been playing that well for Arsenal. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, what's your, did you watch the game? What's your view of it? I don't know what's missing, but something's definitely missing there. I saw some of it. I was at work. So I turned, I managed to put it on, we were one nil down and I saw, up to half time, so I saw us go two and up, and then, uh, well, I say just before half time because we they scored right before half time, didn't they? Um, so I saw it go to two one, and then obviously I was working. But um, do you know what? See, see, my 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 view, and you know, many would disagree with it, but I I think I, I said this in a tweet the other day. I, I think we peaked at the finalissima, and I think we've gone mass. We've gone the other way ever since you know I thought you know it's we were, the, the Euros were superb there were still moments where the signs were there I mean if you think we were eight minutes from going out in a quarter final the Spain team that really hadn't done very well in the group stage I think the game against us was the only decent performance they you know really decent performance they put in and we were eight minutes they, were out, they outplayed us for like 82 minutes and then we managed we got the equaliser and then we kind of kicked on, you know, and then, and then the final. I mean, Germany had some spells, probably second half especially. So there were some moments there, but I think we benefited. We we had our eleven, which played, you know, the first one I've ever seen the same eleven start every game of an of an, a major international tournament, um, and you know, from and you, that's the team that's gone from the first group stage to the final. Um, so we, we knew what our eleven was. It all had its purpose. It all had its job, and we knew exactly what the subs were. And they were pretty much clockwork, weren't they? You knew every game that uh, Russo would come on for Ellen White, and you knew um, Toon would come on. And it's it pretty much the same, the same sub. It's just what time they would be would perhaps depend on when the game was, how the game was going. Um, but obviously, we come out of that. Uh, Ellen retired. Uh, obviously, Joe Scott was a sub, but she retired. And then, obviously, in the build-up to the World Cup, we we lost, as you say, we had some injuries. The key ones being Lee Williamson and, and Beth Mead. Um, so, and obviously, they're blows. But I think it's kind of exposed. Like that, that USA game was was a great spectacle. European champions versus world champions, and you know, obviously, we won. But I mean, VAR played a massive part that day. And defensively, at times, we we did our best to to give them chances. And um. And then obviously we, we cruised for the qualifying in that period of time for the World Cup. Um, and then we played the final list of against Brazil, obviously the South American champions. And I thought we played really well. I thought on the whole, we played better in that game than we did against the USA. But at the same time, towards the end, you could see, like, we're sitting there thinking, we're going to give them a goal here. And lo and behold, we did. And we obviously went to penalties and we won the pen- on the penalties. But I kind of feel we, we peaked there. And since then... I just you know the 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 warm up games for the World Cup we didn't score in any of them even the quite behind closed doors game we didn't score in them and we weren't playing the best opposition 
Um, you know, in the first two group games of the World Cup, we we were awful to watch. You know, it was it was a lot. It was like watching a lot. A lot of the men's games, to be honest with you, you know, when you you know you get to the major tournament and you, you've qualified really well and you've. Especially when we're in the golden age, you know, we need like your Beckhams and your Gerrards and your Lampards and Rooney's and all that. And you think, you know, here we go. We, we've got this team. We're going to go and do something. We're going to really turn over this, this group stage. And then you go and scrape a 1 0 win against um, a really, you know, a, a really lower uh, status team. And then you, you kind of end up, we always, we'd always end up like scraping away at the group. And it, and it kind of felt like that. The first two games really were not very good. And it was only the China game where we seemed to turn up and that was pretty much a dead rubber for them. Um and then the um you know, we, let's be honest, the first knockout round, we should have gone out. You know, we, we were outplayed for 120 I know we ended up down at ten eventually, but we were outplayed for 120 minutes. And we should have gone out and we were we ended up going through on penalties. And then then as you say in the final we uh, you know, we just we couldn't touch Spain, could we? And I just kind of think we've come off the back of that, and it's we're now doing the same thing with this. Where if we're winning, we'll, it's it feels like it's, it's a lot of hard work, and we're we're narrowly getting a win. Um, and I, I just kind of feel like the the organisation that we had and that that plan that got that worked for the Euros, we don't have anymore because some of those players have gone for whether it's injury or retirement, or whatever, um, and. I think we're exposing that maybe we don't have the depth of quality. Um, I feel it feels like that a little bit like, you know, Chloe Kelly was a superb sub in the Euros, but I don't think she's, she really looks like a world-class starter. Um, you know, and and there's, you know, a, f- a few others that it just hasn't really worked. But, but at the same time, Serena doesn't really seem to change it. So... There's a lot of players because you know we, we've we've you know we had a makeshift left back for the whole of the Euros in Rachel Daly. We still haven't solved that position as to who actually who is the definitive left back for England. You know, a real top class left back. We we don't have one. It's just someone gets picked to play that get that role every game. You know, we're kind of filling it in. Um, at some points, it won't be long before you know we're not really going to have Lucy Bronze anymore. So who's going to replace her at right back? Um, and I just kind of feel like. Even that quality really isn't there, and that's why Serena doesn't really use those players because she doesn't really seem to use the subs anymore either. Or it's just we're not giving them the chance that there's actually a lot of players that could do something, but Serena, for whatever reason, like Southgate does, where he just keeps leaving people out when you know he doesn't pick by four, he keeps you know, there's people getting a team who don't even play league football and for six months, but Southgate likes them and trusts them, so he picks them. Um, and then there's people banging for him who get who get overlooked. So I don't know what the reasoning behind it is, but I, I just I think you know as I say, it's either exposing the fact that we don't have the quality of depth, or for for some reason we're not giving them the chance to prove themselves to then become that you know those first choice players. Yeah, it's really difficult conundrum, isn't it? Because. If you don't give someone a chance, you're never going to really know if they if they're at that level. And and but it is a gamble, isn't it? Because you know we all the games now they're not friendlies, are they? They're they're you know they're all they're all competitive games. There's no sort of such thing as a friendly anymore because of the nations leagues format now. So it's really difficult um, to allow players to to just you know to just to try out players, I suppose, um, um, unless you're absolutely convinced that. Do it, 
but I don't, you know, it's like when, when Aaron Wan-Bissaka made his debut for Palace, you know, he he, he only was picked because three other fullbacks were, were injured. Yep. And he came in and he was just like, where's this guy been, you know? <laughs> and then he said, suddenly goes to Man United for 50 million, you know, and, but you never would have known. And he probably possibly wouldn't even have, if it wasn't for those injuries, who would have known? He might not have been given that chance. You've got to almost give players a chance, haven't you? Um, I think you're right about the fullbacks as well. I mean, Lucy Bronze is, you know, she's not going to be there forever. And on the left side, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that's a real problem for us. Um, yeah, because we haven't really, if we had sort of other forwards, who were, I mean, we, I suppose we've got Beth England, but if we had other forwards, we could sort of almost have Rachel Daly at, um, at left back again, where she, she she played really well there for England. And, you know, she gets forward and she's just a good all-round player. But how can you, how can you not play the, the top goal scorer um, and the player of the year in the women's in the in the women's super league in her proper position, you know, just so it's really difficult. It's a it's a real it's a real problem for Serena to sort out. You know, I, I I'm just wondering as well. You know, so I, I I can't remember when her contract runs out, but I'm pretty sure. Um, and she obviously her home country, the Netherlands. She, she, you know, she won the Euros with them, and then she came to England. I've got a feeling when her when her contract. I think I think Serena's not silly, and I don't think she can see the players coming through. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of this contract she goes to America and manages the American national team because um, I've just got this feeling that she she makes decisions based on what's you know if if she's if she thinks a set up and there's i mean there are some great players coming through of course grace clinton's done really well isn't she since she's she was on loan and she played against us for bristol city and she's doing really well but you got all these you got some young players coming through but if serena's not convinced she's not going to she's not going to hang around you know she she could go anywhere she wants really um and i've got a feeling she could go to the us so i think this is a real turning point for the lionesses really as to whether or not they can turn this form around qualify for the i mean obviously it's not the lionesses that in the olympics it'll be team gb but even so it'll be made up mainly of the lionesses players and i just wonder whether or not this is a this is a real turning point including the management because i can't see i can't see serena hanging around i think she's i think she's out of contract at the end of next season and I wouldn't be surprised if she goes unless she can see that there's real ambition and players coming through that make her think, I want to be a part of this. So it's a real, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. But I absolutely agree with all the things you said, especially um, especially about, you know, we've lost some key players that have retired and then we've got um, injuries. and then But the squad depth isn't good enough for me, I don't think. I mean, I, I watch a lot of the WSL and I watch some of the, some of the fringe players for England, you know, in the squad. And I'm thinking, no, they're not going to. They're not international level, some of them. They're really not. Um, and I think that's a real problem, really. I think when we get Beth Mead back and she's, play, you know, she's back now playing for Arsenal. So she's, you know, she's very close now, I think, to returning. For the next international break, she'll be back. So unless she hopefully doesn't get any more injuries, but she should be fit to return and she'll make a big difference. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, I just think it's a turning point now. I think the next... 18 months we're going to find out whether or not Serena stays and we're going to struggle to replace her really um she's worked miracles you know with that with that squad really um and I think even I mean, we were lucky weren't we with injuries in the Euros like you say to start with the same 11 every single game is quite it's very unusual 
I mean, if we'd had a couple of injuries in the Euros, that would have cost us, and we wouldn't have because again, we haven't got the, st the strength in depth, and we were relying on those two substitutes, you know, Toon and, and Russo to come on and just sort of give us that extra bit of energy at the end of each game to to get us either back in the game, like against Spain, or to, or to ensure that we carry on, you know, if we're winning, to make sure we see the game through. So. We haven't got that luxury anymore because we haven't got the players who can come on and change the game, unfortunately. So, yeah, interesting times. But I think um, the next game against the Netherlands, I think I think Wembley's, I think they've sold out about 65,000 tickets. So it's not even sold out normally. And that, you know, it makes me wonder about the fan base. You know, are people now thinking, oh, I'm not going to go and watch the Lionesses anymore. I've, I've had my bit of, you know, they're not the same team that won the Euros. Then, you know... And because normally those games, those games at Wembley, they sell out within two days, you know, 85, 90,000. They've only, you know, it's been on sale for a long time and they've only sold 65,000 tickets. So maybe messages getting through to fans that actually this isn't, you know, and it, and it shouldn't make any difference, of course, if you're supporting England. But unfortunately, people don't go if they don't, you know, if they think, oh, I'm not so interested now. They're not winning every week, you know, every every game they play. Yeah, but, but that, I think that feeds back to the conversation we've had before, where, as I said, as you know, I said before, haven't I, that they're like, I, I like the lionesses to to be like the Harlem Globetrotters with a lot of their audience, where you know it's they're they're lionesses fans only, and you know I suppose for that for for some of those fans who are that mindset, who they've only just you know they've only become lionesses fans. Um, we, it was thriving while we, you know, we qualified building up to a year, a home Euros and we've won that, which is incredible. And everyone's buzzing. And then, you know, the, the massive game against America to follow. And then obviously the finalists, well, we won that and we got the World Cup and they're thinking we're going to win it and we get to a final when we don't. And then all of a sudden it's, it's dropping off. And that is always where the hard times are always where the hardcore fans shine through because they're, they're your fans who, Stay, you know, like the old. I mean, we've, we've, you know, I mean, we've got, you know, Sellers Park with the ten thousand, thousand of us watching us lose three 0 like, the um, the crew, you know, on a really crap wet night. If you know, what just supposed to be, you now what? You know, I've just sat here through this rubbish. Um, and a, a reminder <laughs> popped up on someone shared something on Twitter today of uh, when we lost four 0 over to Scumfort one game and Neil Warnock like, slated off the team afterwards, and I was thinking, oh God, I was there. You know, so we, you kind of you, but you sit through that rubbish, and then you you still turn up the next week. But um, it doesn't surprise me that audiences could be dropping off a bit. Um, I mean, I don't know if you saw like I saw about this with my mate the other day, but in general, because you've got a generation now where people support the player, not the club, as well. Um, and like obviously out in 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 Saudi Arabia, where they've you know been spending all the money getting these players over there, but. Uh, the team that Ronaldo plays for, uh, like their their attendance when he plays is like thirty thousand or something stupid, and then it's like half that if or even like a third of that if they know he's not playing, the so people just don't turn up. And <laughs> there's, there's a game, no of light in obviously because Messi went to is at uh, into Miami now, isn't he? And I saw a video of a game where he got subbed off after thirty three minutes. I guess I can't assume for injury, and large chunks of the crowd left. The video is just showing loads and loads of fans leaving in 33 minutes because Messi had been subbed off. Incredible. So I think the, that mindset is, is is changing amongst the fan bases and stuff. Um, 
so yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and look, I mean, fingers crossed. We, we we find a way. We win these last. You know, we win the last two games, and um, it go. We we want find a way to get through it, and we come out the other side. But um, it is just visibly noticeable at the moment uh, that it just something isn't working there, um, and it's you know it's that it needs something to to change in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think. Um... Yeah, the, the 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 next couple of games um, um, for the Lionesses are crucial now because, of course, you know there's there's a lot hanging on this now, and um, we're also relying on on other other you know on Belgium as well. It's so tight up there. If England beat the Netherlands, then and Belgium beat um, if Belgium then beat Scotland, then it's out of our hands a little bit because if you know Belgium will will will, will be ahead of, and if they beat them beat the Netherlands, then we won't be able to finish top of the group anyway. So yes, yeah, it's, it's it, you know really interesting times. But I think um, I think it's just a matter now of um, of trying to get everyone fit because I think we are missing those players and we haven't got the the squad to cover them as far as uh, as far as the Lionesses are concerned. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, of course, there was other internationals this week, and we we had players on international duty. Um, the now, this could be something I just wanted to touch on. I mean, you'll probably know better than I will, but I feel like there's not really been much said about it. Because obviously, um, Shauna and um, Lexi, Lexi were called up to the... I keep wanting to say Lizzie and Izzy for some reason. Uh, Lexi was were called up to the England under-19. Somehow, already Dennis wasn't, even though... You know, she's been playing and she scored like a couple of goals in the last lot of internationals. But somehow she didn't get caught up. Um, but they both were. Um, Philbs and Shusey were caught up for the Welsh team again. Uh, Hayley was called up to Ireland. So, um, you know, we had players international duty. But, I mean, there's not really been much mentioned about it. Like, obviously, I know in, in, our, in the, the loyal group on Facebook, uh, Matthew Fowler has been keeping us up to date with the under 19s um, and how they're doing. Um, but other than that, I mean, I haven't really seen the club say much about that. Bear in mind that Shauna, you know, one of our own as well, was captain for the, of the under 19s for two of those three games. Her first ever time as captain. Not really seen much about it. And I know, I think, I know through either you or someone else sharing that Hayley was a sub in one of the Ireland games, but I've no idea whether she had any game time. I've no idea whether Philps and Hughesy did. I'm going to assume because they Hughes, obviously... Hughesy came on for 15 minutes. Philps didn't, and I don't think Haley did either. Right. Um, yeah, Hughesy came on. Um, were they away in Germany? I think. Um, I, I, was gonna, I, was, came... I was about to guess that because every game yeah. Philps never comes, she comes on, on at 75. Minutes. She comes on at 75 minutes almost every game. Yeah. Um, so Hughesy came on at the end, but um, they lost Wales again. They're having a terrible run now. Um, scored a great goal as well. Um, Fishlock, I think it was, or yeah, somebody. I think she might have scored it or made it, but it was a really good team goal they scored. But they just, I think they lost 4-1, didn't they? But yeah, Hughesy came on for the last 15 minutes, but um, Hayley didn't come on, I don't believe. Um, and and, and Phillips, Phillips didn't come on for Wales either. Yeah, um, it's weird, isn't it, the, the Welsh one? It's just, again, it's like they would do the same thing every game. And we must get a bit fed up 
like for films. Because I, I was literally thinking about this when we were talking about the Englanders now. Like, there must obviously getting caught up for your country is a really proud time, and being involved in it must be great. And but like at some point in time, you must get fed up with going to these and never getting a minute. Like, I think like Lottie Robin Moy. She's she's been in virtually every, if not all, um, England squads since before the Euros. Like since Serena's been there, she doesn't play a damn minute, <laughs> you know. And you but you know you just must think like it must be great to get caught up for your country and stuff. But at the same time, you know, if you're never playing ever, it must be frustrating. Yeah, especially if you're making like a long trip. I mean, Wales went and played the USA um, before they um, before they start. They went to the World Cup, and um, that's a hell of a long way to go. And if you don't get any game time at all, you know, yeah, um, it makes it really yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? I suppose it's a great experience, probably, but you'd want to be playing some games as well. I mean, at least Hughes getting on and and you know making an appearance, but um, really surprised that there isn't. You know, it's just so predictable, isn't it, what Wales are going to do? Um, I mean, I know they've got some really good players that you're not going to change. Um, you know, they've got Ingle and Fishlock and they've got good players there. But you'd think that they would try, you know, especially with their run of results, you'd think they'd try something different, wouldn't you? Yeah. Keep getting beaten. But, yeah, um, must be must be frustrating um, to go all that way out and travel and knowing that you're unlikely to even come on and make any and play any part in the game at all. Hard, it's hard for the players, I think. Um, have have, have yeah. you seen anything really from the, the club about the internationals? There was something on um, on the Palace website that summarised all the um, uh, internationals, giving a breakdown of who came on for how many minutes. Uh-huh. Um, so there was something. Um, and I think it was it might have been before the last round of games, so it was sort of. Um, it was just that I think there was a couple of. Uh, I think I think there was a couple of games still to be played, and it said you know, um, Hughesy will be expect you know Hughesy and Phillips will be hoping to make an appearance in the final Wales. So there was an update. Um, so yeah, there has been something, but I don't think there's been anything since the end of all the internationals. But there was certainly something to, with I think one game. There was one round of games left. So yeah, yeah, fair play. I mean, if you look on the Palace website, you'll see it on there. Um, and it did uh, it did mention um, that obviously Shauna was captain for two games, and then she didn't make an appearance in the final game, which surprised me actually because I heard she went off at half time in the second game to keep her fresh for the second for the next game, but. So I was I was expecting her to make an appearance at least at some of that game, but um, but yeah, there is uh, it's just I'm, I just don't understand why the under 19s isn't live on TV somewhere. I mean, it's a qualifying match, you know, it's not a friendly or anything. I'm really surprised it's not it's not. I mean, if that was the under 19 men in a qualifying game, I'm sure that would be live on Sky Sports or something, you know. But for some reason, it's not. It wasn't broadcast anywhere. There's no live coverage at all of the game. Yeah. Yeah, especially, especially with, obviously, after the success of last summer and everything. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even if it was, like, on the FA player or something. Yeah, yeah, you'd think it would be somewhere, but, 
I don't know. It's just very strange, really. Um, I mean, the only thing that I can think of with under 19s, you do have some players that might be under 18 as well. I'm just wondering whether or not there's this because they're not adults, they're still deemed to be children, I suppose, if they're under 18. I just wonder whether or not that's got to do with not broadcasting it live. But I can't imagine it would be because, I mean, you get loads of live football, don't you, at youth level. now, the Youth Cup, uh, for example, for men, I can't imagine that that would the age would be a, a reason not to broadcast it live. But I, I don't know. I don't know. But it just seems very odd um, that they're not. They're competitive games, qualifying games um, for the for the Euros and uh, and that you can't watch them. It's just really strange. Yeah. Yeah, they're very bizarre. Um you know, maybe maybe that will change in time. Uh, who knows? So you mean, maybe you might be right. Maybe there is a thing where, because of age, they can't do. But um, say so if not, you'd feel like like the FA player or something like that would be the perfect option for that. Cause I can understand that maybe um, TV companies don't want to pay for it, that kind of thing. But let's um, say so you've got the player sitting there that's doing nothing because there's no domestic games on in the top two tiers. Um, although that would be a perfect time for them to cover like tier three. I, I feel they've been playing in the cup on this weekend, I think. But it's a perfect time, isn't it, to get some tier three games on the FA player as well when there's international, international breaks? Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity. Um, I mean, I was really I was going to watch um, Newcastle against Forest, it was a cup game, it was due to be live um, on Newcastle's YouTube channel on Sunday afternoon. And I was going to watch that, but they had to rearrange the game to another venue at the last minute. It's closed doors, isn't it? It all went closed doors when everyone from Forest would have already started travelling. It was literally two hours before the kickoff. So those Forest, any Forest fans on their way up to Newcastle would have would have been nearly there probably. And um, and then they changed it to another venue because it was waterlogged. And then. Um, Said it was behind closed doors and it wouldn't be broadcast live, so so I didn't have a chance to watch that. But I was looking forward to seeing what Newcastle have got. I mean, obviously we know um, we know um, uh, our ex players um, uh, Stopsy, uh, yeah, and so but I don't really know many of the other players. So I was really looking forward to seeing what they've got, um, but yeah, didn't have the opportunity really. Um, they won, so they yeah. They are playing well. They, they, I don't think they've lost. I think they've won every game so so far. Oh no, they drew. They drew one game with Burnley, I think. So yeah, they've won every other game. Yeah, so they're doing very well um, in the northern in the northern Premier. So they could be playing us if we don't go up and they go up. We, they, we'll be playing Newcastle next season. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, right. There's something else I thought of that I was going to mention. Um, and for the life of me, I can't think of oh, I can't remember what it was now. Uh, what, oh, what we will say, obviously, just to, um, on some positive bits, uh, we've hired Shannon, uh, the new content creator, dedicated to the women's team. Uh, so, um, great news. We Obviously, we've, we've banged a drum for ages, haven't we, about uh, the need for um, more output on social media. More coordination on it and content in general, um, you know, because the men's churn it out, um, and we for years, for ages had nothing from the women's side. Uh, and we when we had the meeting in the summer, 
um, with, with, with Grace and Sharon. We had uh, we said it then as well. We made that point of our social media presence was non-existent when you compare it to the other clubs in the league. Um, and so it has been better it, from the summer. It's been better this season. So someone's obviously been looking after it in the meantime from the media team. But um, it's great that now we've got someone who's come in. I believe because it's a full-time role, isn't it? That's advertised, I think. Yeah. Um, so we've got someone who'll come in. Is coming in who um, hopefully now we'll see more and more stuff and um, hopefully some interesting stuff as well. You know, a bit of fun, but a bit. Of, you know, I I wait to learn more about the players because that's that's what you want to do at the end of the day, isn't it? So. Um, and like more the more highlights you can get recap make make the most of what we've done so far and get it out there and just keep keep you know getting the exposure for for everybody. Um, maybe we'll we will we'll start seeing manager interviews pre post match interviews perhaps you never know. Um, so you know stuff like that. So because it's it's nice seeing the written articles because I know we get some like after a post game and we we might get a written article on the website, but. It'd be even better if we've got you actually see them watching the physical interview because I think you get more of the you can get more of the tone of what's being said sometimes than if you read it. Um, so yeah, so uh, welcome, Chan, to the football club, um, and uh, fingers crossed for some great stuff to come from her in uh, the coming weeks and months. So I wanted to mention that, and also for those who haven't seen it, I don't know how much longer it's running for, but the Barclays. Championship Player of the Month. Annabelle is in there. She's one of the four contenders for it for the second season, second month running. Uh, she won it, I believe, last month. Um, and she's up for it again. So please go and vote for Annabelle. And the Barker Championship Goal of the Month. We've got two in there. Uh, Annabelle's superb free kick. Uh, home to old Kent. And uh, then Array is absolutely stunner, stunning. Um, drive for, against the clowns the other week so they're both on there so again if you haven't voted already please go and vote for them it's on I've, I've retweeted both of them so if you look at my tweets you'd see them anyway um but if not the barkers championship twitter page hasn't uh and also the the club so the, the club's obviously player of the month for men's and women's and the goal of the month for all of paris uh they're both out as well so, uh, obviously, the men only scored one goal in October. So, funny enough, Jordan Ayew's made it onto the list. Um, <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's some academy players on there. And um, But we've got this, this three from the women's team. So, there's the two I've already mentioned that were on the championship one. They're also in it. Um, but Sinead Hopcross, uh, superb bottom corner drive uh, against London City to put us two and up. That is also on there. So, Again, please go over and vote. Uh, vote. I've voted for. Have you voted? If you have, you know any of those. Who have you voted for? Well, I've, I've obviously um, voted for um, on the bar in Annabelle for Player of the Month out of those four um, in the for the Barclays Championship. Um, I haven't voted yet for. I must admit, has it come out very recent? I must have missed the goal. The goal of the month. Um, or did it I was less advertised. It, it, it's only because someone else mentioned it that I saw that it'd been put out. Oh, that's it yeah. Tom Arch, the Charlton guy, he'd put out for people to vote for Addison on it, you know, who who scored the second best goal of that game. He put who was, <laughs> was pushing for their fans and that's how I knew that it'd been put out. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, um, no, I voted for Annabelle for Play of the Month. Play of the Month? Yeah, it is Play of the Month, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in the Championship. But I haven't voted on the other, so I will do that after this uh, pod, actually, to make sure I don't forget. Oh, um, so you haven't voted on the uh, the actual Palace one? No. And I... And I um, no, I haven't. And I, I must have missed that because um, I've, uh, I mean, I mean, out of the three goals, um, I, I mean, they're all very good goals, of course. Um, I, I think I'd have to probably go for uh, Arias um, against the against the Clowns because it was just, because yeah, I, I was shouting at her not to shoot. I thought it was going to, she was miles out. I said, I was going, don't shoot, don't shoot, just get it back in the box where everyone's, and the next minute it's hit the back of the net and I felt a right idiot. But it, it, yeah, that's going to get my vote, I think. You, it's look, great you look one as well, if it helps. Oh well, I wouldn't expect anything else. <laughs> yeah, but it's a great finish, wasn't it? So I would imagine that um, she's got a good chance. I would imagine of winning that because yeah, that was a cracking goal. Um, so uh, yeah, I will vote. I'll vote after this pod. But yeah, thanks for my. I didn't. I must have missed that one. Um, well, the only reason I know that um, the club one exists for the two is because there's a big movement at the moment for everyone trying to get everybody to vote for Jez. As the uh, the men's player, the oh, I saw something on that because of Roy's comment. Yeah, just a yeah. second of Roy, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I've obviously I voted Annabelle on the player of the month. Uh, I went for Araya's goal for the championship player of the month. I've also gone for her goal as the club's player of the uh, goal of the month. Sorry, um, yeah. and then I've gone for the second of the month running. I've gone for Sinead, uh as player of the month. Um, right. for me because I, th- I was thinking about it like who could it be type thing and I'm thinking when you look at the performances Blackburn and then there was the Lewis one where um, like you know I think I thought Leah and Lexi were probably the standouts but then not really played since and obviously we yeah. had uh, the, the 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 first half was a bit it's been one of those things because the first half against London City wasn't, wasn't great the second half was superb and obviously the Charlton game was just pants really so yeah. it's been one of those ones where I'm thinking of oh, who because obviously the, the easy option is always to go for the goals and, and I kind of sometimes those players are the standout players anyway but sometimes I think like it, that's the easy choice and loads of people will pick it but um, for me like I just think Sinead's been superb this season and because Husey and Annabelle are racking up the goals um, and then you know a couple of other players are, are doing the same. She's she got a couple herself now, but um, well, her work has probably gone unnoticed um, a bit. So you know, yeah, she was she was she was my pick for sure. Yeah, I also yeah. voted for Jez. Just point out. Oh, <laughs> did you? Though, yeah, even though I I actually can kind of, don't get me wrong, I, I disagree with Roy in public to a point. But at the same time. I, can, I, I think his comments, I know we've gone off a tangent here, but I, I actually think his comments were made um, as a point to the board because I don't know if you saw yeah. the one he made during the week about um, uh, Fingerby Bob against Monaco, um, Abioe, and he made that joke about, oh, I was joked to, to Steve that we don't need to sign anyone because this guy could be. I, I, think he, I think he's fed up. Because he spent, I've never known him in the summer to be like, be like he was this summer, saying we need these players in, and then got none of them, uh, and then we spent twenty million on an injured goalkeeper. 
that we didn't. That was going to be second choice. So I, I actually think, I think he knows that Parish and the rest of the board will happily just leave it with, ah, well, you've got those guys, and they're not ready. Um, so I kind of think it was a bit of that, and I, I also feel that he was actually right because other than Jez, who really did do loads, but he, I thought he was the only one of the subs that came on that actually did anything. I don't think yeah. no one, else, no one else. In fact, I mean, you could argue right at the end, Franklin should have scored. Never looked like he's going to, but I've only seen it the one time. But you're thinking he's got to bury this. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think any of the subs really did anything. Um, so I, I actually think he was kind of right, and. I heard Danny Murphy. I mean, obviously Danny Murphy loves him, was kind of defending him. But he said that as long he said as long as Roy's already told those players that same thing, he said, which knowing he said knowing Roy, he would have done. He said he, he said for me, if it, if that had been me as a player, that'd be my motivation to go. Well, I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, yeah. So you know, it's but either way, I, I voted for Jess because you know, in all fairness, no one else has really stood out anyway. And you know, it, it, Jess made the nothing at the the Forest game uh, exciting when it was absolute. Pile of poop. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. So no, I voted yes. Um, but yeah, if you haven't voted anyone else, obviously Phil's going to go over there after this. Uh, if you haven't voted, please go on there and vote. Um, let's get ourselves uh, as many of these awards as possible. Um, and oh, do you know what? I took whilst I was waffling. I also thought of something else that I was going to say. Um, and I can't remember what it was. I did start, I tried to do a thing yesterday on Twitter um, where I tagged, obviously, you, you, the word limit, don't you? So I couldn't tag all 12 clubs in that. So what I did was I on the, I shared a, like, a, a gift from Wednesday and I was like, it was like, a, it was just a fun thing of name your, like, your Halloween themed players. And I, you can tag on the image, but you can only tag up to 10 people. So I can only tag 10 of the 12 clubs. So I obviously left out Durham because, you know, it's Durham. Um, and there was, and I think Reading I missed out as well, but because I, but like I, I tagged, I filled up the limit, had all the clubs, and the return on it was just really disappointing. <laughs> like, I, I think like three people posted on it, and one of them was Tom from Charlton. He posted saying, uh, this is a really good idea, we need more of this, and never actually then posted on it with any suggestions. So, <laughs> So, you know, you feel like uh, just trying to get people talking in the league and, you know, the fans and stuff like that. And it's um, a little bit disappointing sometimes, just, you know, trying to get things going. Yeah, I didn't see that, actually. I've I've been quite busy at work this week. So I've, that's probably why I've not also not seen the um, the other stuff on the goal of the goal of the month and stuff. So, um, uh, but I didn't even see that. No, but I. I yeah, it's difficult, isn't it, to get people engaged sometimes? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, 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 we've still got a massive way to go at Palace. I mean, I, I, I actually feel sorry for people that don't go and watch the women, especially if there's not a men's game that weekend. I'm just thinking, well, you know, what an opportunity and to to watch some decent football and actually, and some of the some of the results and the performances that we've been putting in, I've enjoyed twenty times more than watching the men. Um, this season alone, you know, um, and um, I just find we've still got a long way to go to get engagement from Palace fans. So I'm not surprised that you're tagging other teams and you're not getting much back as well. I mean, there's a long, long way to go still. And I thought the Euros was going to be the, 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 the turning point when we won that 
but no, it's still we're still a long way off. Um, and they, I know I know we'll be talking about this nearer the time, nineteenth um, of November at Sellhurst. Be very interesting to see what sort of attendance we get there. Um, uh, and if we beat our two thousand uh, record, so yeah, I don't know what it is, stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. It's, the record is nineteen hundred and fifty-four. I think it is. But yeah. we'll we'll get I we'll get two k. I I wouldn't be surprised if we got three k. To be honest with you, um, I I think I we hope, will. I hope we get for me. For me, I think we'll get it there. I think we'll hundred percent get it there. Uh, it'll be another record. That's the, for me. That's a definite. It'll be another record. Uh, but I I I think we could get three k easy. I say easy, but I think three k is is very much possible there. Um, so that wouldn't surprise me. The for me, what's more important is what we then get... Well, the problem is we then don't play. That's the problem. We then don't play at home again until January. Yeah. Uh, when we play Charlton. And that's not even, so that's like right at the end of January. Unless we get a cup... Unless we get an FA Cup game at home. So that's the frustrating thing because obviously like last season, we didn't build on the momentum because they didn't bother advertising any game at Hayes Lane. So you got you broke the record attendance twice at Sellers, and then the next game, but Nuffall, um at Hayes Lane. This season, you know, Grace will push to keep you know keep building that crowd, but if you go and get three k, say against Southampton and win, you've got to you're, you're, you're then you're, the people those people who thought it might go actually well wait a minute actually this is this is great you know I want to go again they have to wait two months. To be able to do that, and by which point, that kind of that ma- magic moment where you've got their attention, unfortunately, you know, can can drift. So that's that's an unfortunate thing. That's not that's not the club's fault or anything. That's just an unfortunate thing with the the, the fixtures, the lack of fixtures. Um, so maybe you know we could do with a, a cup game, can we? Like the FA Cup being at home. Um, but that would be my interest. Would be to see if we do get something like three thousand there. What we then next get at the VBS, because um, that's that's the key, isn't it? It's you know I think the the, the draw of sellers and the okay, that that will bring in as it, at the moment that will bring in bigger crowds than what the VBS. Well, you've got more options there, haven't you? Because uh, it's all seater for a start. So if you you know people, everyone doesn't it. There there'll be like tickets to whether it's schools or football teams. Or, you can do that at sellers because you can go right here. You've got these two rows of seats. Whereas at the VBS, you can't do that because you've only got very limited seating. So there's a lot, I get that that side of it completely, you know, and so I think we'll, you know, we'll get another record crowd there. It's it's finding the way to then pull those numbers over to the VBS. So I'd just be curious because, um, let's say, last season, it, it, it was like, was it was like five, uh, like point five percent of the attendance turned up the following week for the, for the Lewis Cup game, um, so I'll be, uh, yeah, I'll be interested. To, that's that's if I'll be interested to see what it then we can then get for the next VBS game, and hopefully that's another another good crowd. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, our crowds have been decent there, haven't they? Really at, at Sutton, so I'm hoping yeah. that we can start building them even more with with the success we're having on the pitch. Um, we just need to keep getting the results and I think the crowds will start coming, but it's going to be very slow at Palace. There just doesn't seem to be that appetite that you do get 
And I think other clubs, and I do think, you know, when you look at how, because I, I mean, Brentford, Brentford women are in like three divisions below us or something. And they, they, they got 5,000 for a game, you know, and they've had the benefit of using their ground for the Euros for lots of Euros games. Sheffield United used Bramall Lane for the Euros and they got about 12,000 for a game last season. And, and I just think, we, you know, we've, we've sort of missed the boat a little bit. Um, with, with you know to get some interest during the Euros and it's no coincidence to me that the clubs that did do that that did use their grounds for the Euros have seen some really in, you know impressive uh, attendances so um, I think we've got a little bit of catching up to do really on some of that but let's hope that I mean it, the one thing that we we can say is that the team's moving in the right direction um, the results are, you know, apart from obviously losing that one game last time against Charlton, I mean, our results have been exceptional this season. And I think if we just keep doing the right things on the pitch and, you know, getting getting everything right um, with the, now that we've got a social sort of content editor or whatever, a creator, um, you know, all of those sorts of things come together. I think, I think we will start seeing some, some, some bigger crowds and hopefully behind the goal because, if we can double our size behind the goal, we will be so loud. I mean, we are loud, but we'll be really loud if we had more there. So let's hope that we can get some more people and then they, you know, they enjoy it and they come and join us and, and all that sort of thing. And, and we can get some really good support behind the, behind the team, you know, which is what we want to do. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and oh, you know what? I'm having a moment because, well, you were saying that I thought something was going to add to it. That's, that's three it's, times oh, that you've forgotten. Honest, honestly, <laughs> I'm, having a, I'm having a mare tonight. Um, oh, what, what on earth was it? Uh, oh, I think it's something to do with Apple. I think, I wonder whether, because my, my mate made a point. He was, he was talking about the men's side of it, but it kind of seems to be a South London thing. Because his point was, he couldn't understand why like when it comes to these major player investors and stuff like that, why no one seems to take a punt on what any of the South London clubs, like, you know, obviously uh, Millwall, Charlton, us, no one seems to look at us and go, because if realistically you look at us now and there's, there's, you, you could, if someone came in that was serious, had, had you know, the, the backing to do it, but was serious about that, you know, instead of buying a ready-made club that's already set up, they wanted to come in and, Pick up something that's got the base there, but make it there. You know, they they're the ones that make it into the the, the entity. We're not the perfect club for that, you know, because we're, we're Premier League, been Premier League for ten years. We've now got the academy. You know, there's some really talented players in that team in the first eleven, anyway. Um, you know, I mean, the, the elements are there, but no one seems to take a punt on it, and um, it just kind of seems to be the thing like fan bases as well, like in the south, it's in in South London, South. London, we don't really seem to have the, 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 the appetite on the women's side of it in general. Like, because for Sheffield, there's, there's less teams, especially on the women's side of it. There's there's not much. There's, there's a lot less competition up there, isn't there, for games? So like the same as for Sunderland's, Newcastle's, Boroughs, there aren't really many options. So that's that's your team you go and see. So they, they will always pull decent crowds because everyone in Newcastle supports Newcastle. You know. Um, that's your team. You live and breathe. And suddenly, you live and breathe that football club. That is that's the that's the identity of the city. They live. You know that's that. I remember watching Sunderland until I die, and they they said that 
you know, you spend your week at work and your weekend is all about Sunderland Football Club because that is the city's identity. Whereas down here, London has an absolute ton of clubs. You know, you've got, what, five or six in the Premier League alone. And then you've got to know more in the Championship. And then, then the second, then the League One and then League Two. And um, so, yeah, it kind of feels like, obviously, I know you said Brentford got that, that, that crowd, but that club's a bit different in general, uh, in a positive way. Like, they, you know, they, they do some really good stuff there. Um, but on the whole, like, I mean, Charlton, they, their record attendance is in, is 900 and something. I mean, they got, they got 900 and something last week, 918, I think it was, against us last week. That's their, that's their biggest derby. That's their derby game. That's the biggest one of the season. We, at home last year against them, we got, you know, we got 1900. So that's over a thousand, we had a thousand more. So, um, yeah, you Kind of go back to the appetite thing. It it does seem to be a, a bit of a South London element to it, and I, I don't know why. Whether there's um, a saturation of because of the amount of options or what, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right about the like. You know, if you've got if you're one club, a one club in in a, in a city, then obviously you know. You can, uh, and the thing about London as well is that you get people who travel down for work and other reasons um, and settle in London who come from all over the country. So you're going to have more, you know, when you when we play, say, if we were to play Leicester at home, half the crowd's probably based in the south somewhere, you know, they don't, you know, and and so it's so cosmopolitan and so the people of so many different different areas of the country come into London that um, well, we might have 12 million people but, a lot of them aren't going to support Palace, are they? And um, because they might not even have any, they might have a, 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 another club anyway around the country. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I mean that, that's right. And I think with Newcastle women, I, you know, is it, it, it amazes me really that um, a, a club owned by Saudi Arabia um, gets that many supporters. Support. I think they had twenty three thousand at St James's Park for a game in Division Three last year. I mean, you know, it's incredible. It's just, to me, it's sports washing. But if you're a Newcastle fan, I mean, I'm, I'm all for supporting women's football. So in a way, I'm pleased they're getting big crowds. But it's just the way in which it's all done. It's, it, it, it really gets to me sometimes. But um, but yeah, I mean, um, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's difficult for us to compete with the Chelsea's and the Arsenal's in the women's game as well as the men's, really. You know, you, you walk around, you walk around South Norwood and you'll see more Arsenal in the out, outside of a game day. You'll see more Arsenal shirts and Palace shirts um, in our own manner, you know, um, unless we're playing, of course, um, then that's different. But so it's just really difficult. I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's uh, growing the crowd is, it, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit of a dilemma for me, really, because I don't want us to grow the crowd and where it's, I want us to have that uniqueness of, of the support that we've got, which is, you know, well-natured, respectful. I really, I really feel it's important. Um, and I wouldn't want us to have a, a, a sort of an, a new group of people coming in um, on the back of any success um, who turn it a little bit uglier than that, uh, which can happen, you know, even though it's women's football, you still, still yeah, can easily so. get, I, I, I really don't want that. I really want us to, want us to have that uniqueness and, 
that's why I enjoy going, really, because you don't have all that hassle that you get sometimes with the men's game. Not all the time, of course. And most 95 percent of 99 percent of people that go and watch any football are really decent people. But you do get an element um, even at Palace, which is a very respectable club, you know, and um, and I just I just hope that we if if we do grow the crowd and we start getting three, four, five thousand, which I, which I think we will eventually if we get success, I think we will. Um, I just hope we don't lose that sort of identity that we've got with our flags and our singing and you know pretty good nature i mean obviously when we play durham it you know we we don't really like them do we but i mean (laughs) most of the time it's good nature (laughs) yeah yeah so um shall i talk about the um awards this week then quickly just before we go on to talk about i I only need a couple of minutes i just wanted to talk i just wanted to talk about um yeah, so we had the Ballon d'Or this week, and um, in the women's, it's it's interesting actually because I, I went through the top thirty. Um, it was it was won by I mean most of the most of the top ten um, uh, are Spanish or play in Spain. Um, we've got Mary Earps who who came fifth. She was the top English player, um, and the other English player in the top ten um, who finished tenth was Rachel Daly. Um, so we had two English players in the top 10. It was won by um, Bon Marti of Spain. Second was um, Sam Kerr, Australia and Chelsea. Um, and then, um, yeah, it was basically dominated the top. I mean, Barcelona had three of the top five, which says it all really, doesn't it? Um, and then um, we had a few other English players further down as well. The thing that made that interested me when I went through the list of thir- the top thirty, um, I broke it down into the clubs that the players play for. This is all based on last season, so they do they do they do this based on a, on a on, on a season, not a um, on on the whole of last season, basically. So I think um, what was interesting for me was when I broke it down onto the into the clubs that the players play for. 20 of the 30 play for English and Spanish clubs. So two thirds of the top 30 players in the world, female players in the world, play in England or Spain. But what was even more interesting for me was that if you look at how that transpires into the English clubs or the Spanish clubs domination in Europe, England are nowhere. And yet we've got more players in the top 30 playing for our English clubs than anyone else. Now, there are 11 English players in the top... Sorry, not English players. There are 11 players playing in England for English clubs, and they basically are the top five, plus uh, Rachel Davies at Aston Villa. So, you know, you had Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, and um, one player from Aston Villa. So all the players, um, all the, all those 11 playing in England play for those top five clubs, mainly the top four, apart from Rachel Daly. So when... But when you look at... Um, when, when you look at who's done well in Europe... And I know this is only for the last season, but when you think of how many players in the top 30 in the world are playing in England, England, an English club hasn't won the Champions League since 2007. That's a hell of a long time. So is the WSL, I think there's, I think there's an, another side to this as well, but is the WSL actually as good as we think? And when you think last year in the qualifiers for the Champions League, Man City got knocked out in the qualifiers this year both 
well, man, both Man United and Arsenal have got knocked out in the qualifiers. I, I, I think there's an issue because if we've got the best players playing for English clubs, and I know they're spread out amongst mainly four clubs, they're not. It's not like in Spain where they all play for mainly play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. I mean, that's basically the way it is. But when you look at um, when you look at how many players in the top thirty are playing in England, it's an absolute travesty that an English club hasn't won the Champions League. And the only one has won it, which was Arsenal in twenty in two thousand and seven. So it's just to me that's incredible that it's sixteen years ago since we won an English club won the champion women's Champions League. We've you know we've. Chelsea were runners-up in 2021, but then they got hammered 4-0 by Barcelona. It wasn't even close. I mean, it's 3-0 after about 20 minutes. Um, so when you when you, when you you think about it, there's something not right. And I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's because they are spread across four teams. And that's that that makes it the, the, the clubs are not individually as strong as the Barcelonas who have basically got all the best players who are playing in Spain just about. But there's something there that makes me think, hang on a minute, we've got all these great players playing in English, in England for English clubs. Why aren't they doing better in Europe? And they're really not doing well at all. I mean, the fact that two, two of our top three got knocked out in the qualifiers this, for the Champions League this year tells you everything, really. And, and it's only Chelsea that are in the group stage. So um, that was interesting for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised with the winner. Um, I think... Um, I think uh, I was really surprised that Kira Walsh wasn't. I don't even. I looked through it twice and I couldn't see her name in the top thirty, uh, which is a mo- remarkable when you consider how many Barcelona players she plays for Barcelona now and how many Barcelona players are in there. Was she injured for most of last season? I don't think she was. So really surprised with with that. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, all the all the main names are in there. You know that you'd expect. Um, so you've got um, some of them are lower than I thought they would be. I must admit. Well, Wendy Renard came in at twenty six. Um, Sophia Smith came in at twenty five, the twenty number twenty five, and I would have put her in the, easily in the top twenty. I mean, when we went to watch England the US at Wembley, she was a standout player for me. Um, she she was just superb, her movement and pace and everything. So I'm really surprised Sophia Smith's only at number twenty five. Um, Khadija Shaw's only 24. I mean, in the, in the World Cup, she was absolutely she. It was a masterclass in centre forward play. She was playing for Jamaica, and she basically led that line perfectly. In, in, in what, let's face it, is not the best team in the tournament, but what a, what a player! I mean, she was just the ball stuck to her. She was strong. She was she was just superb. Really, and obviously playing for Man City. I suppose the fact they didn't qualify for the European Champions League group stages would have affected her, um, her you know, her ratings. But 24, I mean, there's players ahead of her that I wouldn't put anywhere near ahead of Khadija. You know, Bunny Shaw, to me, is one of the best players in the world. So um, Katie McCabe came in at 22, fantastic player. Um, and then, yeah, so we've got, and, and as you go down the list, it's... Um, Mappy Leon. Now she didn't go to the World Cup because she was one of the players that boycotted Spain. Um, she still came in at sixteen, um, ahead of somebody like Bunny Shaw, who was in the World Cup and, it, and was was ex- exceptional in the World Cup. Um, Millie Bright comes in at eleven. Now, if if you're telling me, I mean, Millie Bright's a really solid defender, 
plays for Chelsea. You know, she's you know captain of Chelsea, captain of England at the moment. She's not the 11th best player in the world, Mike. I don't care what anyone tells me. She's not the, you know. So I don't know where where they get some of these from. But, you know, anyway, it was interesting. But the one thing that I took out of it was the number of players. You know, 11 play in England, 9 play in Spain, and then the others are, are, are between the US, France and Germany, basically. One in Japan. So um, it was just, yeah, I just don't know what... If we've, if we've got them... 11 of the best 30 players in the world playing in England. How the hell do those English clubs not do better in Europe? It's, something's not right either with the coaching or something's not right somewhere. It, you know, when you consider how successful the German clubs and the Spanish clubs are in Europe, and, and Leon previously won eight Champions Leagues in the last 20 years, you know, so in France. So when you think about the success of the other clubs, there's something wrong with English clubs. I mean, in, we've only had Arsenal win the Champions League and that was... 16 years ago so I mean what 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 do you think have you got any idea what might be the reason we do so badly in Europe at top teams I, I think the thing I think just just going by that if just purely focusing on that list what you got to think of and he did kind of touch on it but how, how many players were from Spain and, Madrid, and Real Madrid in total and um, there were nine from 30. Spain and I think eight of them were either from Real Madrid or Barcelona. I think there's one player that played for another Spanish club. Right. Let me just check. Um, but I think, uh, so if we just go through very quickly. So we had Bon Marti, Barcelona, and then we had um, Pabaluelo, Barcelona, uh, Rolfo, Barcelona, and then Real Madrid was Carmona, and then Barcelona, Real Madrid, Casado. I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, basically, out of those nine, they're Bas- they're Bar- I think six were Barcelona and three were Real Madrid. Um, whereas the, right, the okay. eleven so who, if you think, just if you think about it, now. There's 11 players from the Premier League across five clubs. Two of those clubs, Villa and Man United, weren't in Europe last season in any way, shape or form. Because only three clubs have the chance to qualify for Europe, don't they? And City yeah. obviously didn't get through. They got knocked out in the qualifying stage, didn't they, I think? Yeah. Um, so, but, so of five clubs, we can only have three clubs in Europe at one time at most. So that, yeah. that, that then takes out a few of those players. Um so if you're, I think the thing is to be out relevance as well. But if Barcelona got six of those players, you know, it, it, you may well have five, you know, ten from the Premier League in there. But if they're spread out across a load of clubs, it's a bit of a difference, though, because a couple of couple of standout players, and then the rest of the team isn't on that level. And then Barcelona got six players, and he said three of them were in the top five. You know that that. You can't. You just. It's harder. It's a lot harder to compete against that. And the reality is, realistically, from my point of view, and I'm, again, lots of people disagree with me, but things like the Ballon d'Or, I think a lot of bollocks. <laughs> because <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Because, but the thing is, right? You know, let's run it. Some of those, some of those players are going to be in there because of what they've done. They've done for the Lionesses. More than what they've done for at the Premier League level. If it was purely on what they sorry, the WSL, if it was purely on their their WSL performances, they would possibly be lower down the groupings, you know, down the down the rankings. 
So there's players in there who they've achieved more, you know, it's what they've their their achievements with the Lionesses is, is is more what's got them in, if that makes any sense. So that will that will skewer it. But you only have to look at I mean for a start, you know, it's very rare you know, goalkeepers and centre backs don't win or or full backs generally don't win the Ballon d'Or because all they really care about is goals and assists and creative flair play. So you can, you know, Mary Ertz could be when I mean, she got voted in the other thing, she is like player of the of the year, or whatever. But you know, you generally so there's a whole chunk of players who are never gonna have a chance of winning that because they don't play up front. They're not a creative or a midfield, you know, they're not a creative creative attacking player. So even if they are actually the best in the world, if, if it happened to be that a centre back is the best player in the world as it stands, they ain't winning that award because that's not what people vote for. So that already skews it. And you only have to look at the men's and how rigged that is. You know, there's years where there's been players, I mean, Lewandowski should have won it and he got he got robbed for Messi, I believe it was. I mean, this year, I mean, for goodness sake, it was, as they said at the radio today, it was basically done as a Lifetime Achievement Award. You know, they just, they gave, they gave it to Messi. I mean, there's some display thing they had written up on the wall up, up behind him when he was giving it. I can't, I can't remember what it said, but it just it summed it up. It, he, you, there's no way in hell he's been a better player last season than than Erling Haaland. But he got given it because of the World Cup, because everyone wanted the World Cup. Well, a load of people who love Messi wanted the world win the World Cup, and he did, which I think was possibly rigged. Uh, I, I still think the part of it that thinks there was a deal done that they lose if they lose to Saudi Arabia, they will get the, they will get that tournament. And personally, <laughs> it just I'm a very skeptical person. But um, the German, like, <laughs> the, uh, the World Cup aside, he was he was pants for PSG. He spent two years, he spent two seasons there doing nothing. Erling Haaland came to the hardest league in the world in his first season as a young lad, broke the goal scoring record. He got fifty goals in the season, won the treble, uh, um, and he came second. It, it's just ludicrous. That was always that was always been given to Messi because it had nothing to do with footballing terms. They wanted to give him the eighth one and the record one and just kiss his ass and so all that kind of stuff. It's it's never. It's it's never it's not it's never a realistic reflection of of football. It's just another popularity contest done by certain people who wouldn't even have a clue that half the teams even exist, and and that half the players even exist. So, you know, it's I I just think I think there's bits of those. I think there's the element of where you know Barcelona when they've got so many players in it of one team. It does make a difference. Look at it again on the men's side, but at one point in time, the entire Spanish midfield or attacking like front six, which when Spain were doing really well internationally, was the Barcelona one. So they, they played together all the time. They were quality players who played together all the time for the club team and the national team, and you benefit from that. Um, and you don't... So I think that, that might be one of those elements where why it hasn't transferred over. Um, I, I think it will change because, in all fairness, even on the men's side, we go for for years. We were rubbish in Europe, and then we then we spent a few years where we, we like uh, two of the three, of three finals for that were all English in Champions League, you know. And there's a an English team in a final like four years running or something stupid, and we've we've been more dominant in it in recent years. But 
I think you'll find that in that will happen in the in the women's game when a if they ever had a second co- competition, which I think they need to do, um, because that will sharpen teams more because more teams opportunity. But I think once the WSL becomes more competitive, because I think that is one of the problems is you know and the men's side of it you. Generally, apart maybe you, know, you could argue, but maybe not against Luton and Sheffield United this season. But generally, most of those thirty-eight games, you've got to, you're going to have to work hard to get your points, no matter which team you are. You've really got to keep working hard and battling. And not only because the um, the smaller teams are tougher, they're decent, they're you know much difficult fixtures, but because there's so many top teams in it that you've got so much more competition. Whereas in the WSL. You know, Chelsea realistically for years didn't really have any competition. Um, and then you've got you've had you had Arsenal and City trying around it. United last season came to the party and they struggled a bit this season. Villa, we thought we we're gonna, but they've been awful. So, you know, they haven't got a single point so far. So, you know, and then you but the, you get the bottom half of the table and it's just no, the competitive nature isn't there throughout. So I think once the league as a whole Get stronger, you get more teams in it, it gets more competitive. I think then you'll see the improvement in Europe as well. Um, and academies, once the, as the academies start forming and hopefully growing, and that will, I think then you'll see that more over here. I just think we're just playing a lot of catch up at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think just going back on to the um, Messi debate and Haaland, I think. I think you're right. I mean, I would have voted Haaland. I think he's just been, he's just been a monster, isn't he, in that division? I mean, coming into a new league, scoring that many goals, winning the I mean, the, winning the Champions League, Man City's first win in the Champions League. Mainly, you know, he didn't he, he he didn't have a great final actually, and he didn't obviously didn't score. Rodri got the winning winning goal, but. To get them there, he was he was immense. He scored so many goals in that campaign to get them to the final. Um, but I was just I was just looking to see how they vote for it, and there's a hundred journalists from each of the top hundred nations. I think Henry Winter from the Times was the English journalist um, because I just saw that he said I voted for Messi. Um, and what they do is they have the thirty player shortlist is devised by the panel, which is led by Didier Drogba. And then um, out of those 30 players, each of those 100 journalists vote for their top five in order. And then those votes go into the final um, into the final uh, list. So um, 100 journalists from the top 100 nations. I, mean, I don't even know what the 100. I mean, what would be the 100th nation? Gibraltar or something. I mean, what's the 100th nation, top nation, you know? So, um so obviously it's across the whole world, the top hundred and one journalist, I think, from each country. So, um, so yeah, I think it's uh, you could argue that the um, for, apart from the, the thirty player shortlist, which is devised by a panel, you could argue that it is a democratic process, Mike. I mean, as, as long as they're not fiddling it, of course, we don't know that. But I think they do actually say which journalists voted for which five players. So I think it is pretty transparent as well. But yeah, I wouldn't have voted for Messi. I thought he was poor at PSG. Um, obviously, winning the World Cup won it for him. That's the reason he won it, because they won the World Cup. That was it. Um yeah, I didn't even think he was Argentina. I didn't even think he was Argentina's best player in the World Cup. Really, I thought he had a decent World Cup for his age, but he didn't dominate like he used to when he was just, younger. 
some of, some of the decisions they got, I think it's like in the, I can't remember if it's a holiday game or something else, where there's some right dodgy decisions given in their favour because they, you know, purposely lost to Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I just think, if, like Henry Winter, I mean, I just think, like, what, what, what is his reason for voting for Messi? Because you can't, you can't pick, when it's based across the whole season, you can't pick a four-week period of a tournament as the re- over the entire season. It's just, it's just mad. They just, they just did it because people love him and they're up his ass, and they just wanted to give him that, that. It's like a fairy tale thing, and they just, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't done on footballing grounds. It, that wasn't what that what, that award wasn't given on that. And there's been other years where it hasn't been because there's been players who have been better, but it generally always went to Messi or Ronaldo, you know. And so there's players who've missed out because because people don't. No one look. No one looks at like. But I've, I've, one of the things I've always said is like I, I love. I love a. You know, like yeah, yeah, that Derry. I love that blood and guts, tough tackling defensive midfielder. But they get hardly any recognition apart from Makaleli, who was blinding at Chelsea, and then obviously um, Kante again or at Chelsea. Most of those kind of players get no recognition at all because all people think of is attacks and goals and assists and. Um, you know, and I, and I just think, I just think it's lazy, and I think, I think a lot of journalists, not all, because there's some very good ones. I think sometimes journalism is very lazy. You see it all the time, on, you know, they'll, they'll, they know nothing else about Premier League clubs outside the top eight or so. I mean, the amount of times you see people review our games or are previewing our games, and they've got no clue. They, they talk about something we were doing four years ago, thinking that's how we still play, and you know, I think there's a lot of laziness. So, but that's just me. Um, I could go on about it, Dan. The corruption's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I tried to say... United women were allowed to find a way out of non-existence because they didn't care for 15 years, straight into the second tier, straight out of it. That tell, doesn't tell you all you need to know about how rigged football can be. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that, yeah. that club is a shining example of it. And we'll leave it there. <laughs> I'm aware <laughs> we've actually managed to do... We've actually, we're an hour and 26 into this. Uh, so we've actually managed to go for the latter where we have just waffled. Um, so we should really, very quickly, actually preview Sunday's game against Watford. Um, a team who, of course, uh, have 5x Palace and I think it's 6x London City uh, in their team. Um, they've been ex-Palace for years. They just they collect uh, players that we release. Um, they are bottom two. Uh Four points they're on, and you've got to get their, their one win came the only team to have beaten Charlton, and they beat them at the Valley 3 2. Um, but they suffered the loss of week 2 1 at home to Lewis, uh, with 88th minute winner for Lewis, who at that point hadn't won a game. So, a massive blow for them that. Um, and they're currently, I mean, they're, they're already starting to, but both those teams, after London City's win on the weekend, they're starting to. Be cut adrift. I think, I think they're about four points off of safety already. So um, it's a big game, and I, I, I think it's a big game for us. Uh, obviously, for Watford, they desperately need the points, but for us, off the back of that first half, you know, the the lot the, the loss on penalties to to Lewis, where we somehow managed to have the worst couple of minutes. I mean, it wasn't a great second half, but. You know, we somehow managed to have, have the worst couple of minutes right at the end of the game, um, considering the late goal and then having doing the, the world's worst penalty shootout. And then the first half against London City, 
and then the entire ninety minutes against Charlton, um, we we need we need a big result, you know, against a team down in the bottom two. Uh, I think it's very big. For, it's very important for us because our next two games are Watford away and then Lewis at home. So we play the bottom two in our next two games. Uh, I, I think it's huge, a huge game for us, a huge week for us, where we've got to be getting six points and two confident performances. I think where uh, if we want to keep ourselves in the chase up the top. But just to get us back on track, get back to playing the football that we know we can play this season, just get ourselves going again and um, and just resetting and working on a few bits and pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was just I was just counting up the number of ex ex players that Watford have got, and we've got. Let me just. Um, we've got Sophie McLean. I could do it. So um, they've got. Oh, you're gonna. How many do you think it is? They've got Let five. It's Sophie McLean, Bianca Baptiste. B. Um, they've got uh, Andrea Giorgio. They've got uh, Megan Chandler. And yeah. I believe Fran Alley's still there. Oh, Fran Alley's not on the list on their website oh, now. Maybe, she, maybe they got, she got released. They, they, oh, Grace Garrard. No. Can't see her on there. Unless this isn't up to date on the website. They yeah, so five. we've got um, there's five. Yeah, there's Coral Haynes, obviously, um, and then we've got um, Coral. I got to get Coral. Yeah, Me- Megan Dre uh, B and um, Sophie McLean. Um, yeah, right. Last season, last season, Grace Garrard was there, and um, not sorry, not Grace Garrard. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, Grace Garrard. Grace Garrard was there. I think alone last season. And uh, Fran Alley was there as well. I think she she'd been there for a couple of seasons. Um, so obviously she must have left in the summer. Um, yeah. But they, they she left and they replaced her with Coral. So they one in one out of the Palace front. It's Palace front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! I hope. Oh, it's going to be difficult because they're going to be really up for it, aren't they? Those players. I mean, they're playing against their old their old team, and um, it's going to be a difficult game. I think you know, but. Um, we should have too much for them, I'd imagine. But yeah, it's gonna—it's a massive game for them because, of course, lo- losing to Lewis is just devastating for them. That really did put them in trouble. So um, they don't want that gap at the bottom to start growing. So they're gonna have to pick up some points soon. Um, big game, big game for both clubs, as you say. We need to bounce back. Um, we didn't play well at all against Charlton. I mean, you know, we were lucky to still be in it at half time. Really, I don't think we really. I think the first half was pretty even. But second half, we were we, we were well out, well outplayed against Charlton. So we need to come back stronger. And um, I wonder if, I wonder if we've got everyone fit. I mean, Lucy Watson wasn't in the squad for Charlton. I wonder if she's going to be back at least on the bench. That will help, I think, having her as an option. Yeah, I think she I think she's at she had a hamstring injury. Oh, did she? Oh God, that's uh, going to take a while. Yeah. So it depends, yeah. I don't know how bad it was, but I think it's one of those where obviously coming back off the injury and um, so yeah, I, I don't know whether she's back available or not. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I just that's what I've already got to add to that. Really. <laughs> no, no, it'd be good to have a to have a, a, a fuller squad. Really, we've got some key players out injured, haven't we? Still, who are not fully fit. Um, 
So, yeah, be interesting to see. I'm hope Flissy's back as well. It looked like from that video, I don't know if you saw the video when they were making the um, pumpkins, but when Fliss and um, Amy won the competition for the best pumpkin, uh, <laughs> she was jumping up and down. I didn't care about the pumpkin. I was just making sure Fliss was, looked fit, and she was jumping up and down. I thought, yeah, she'll be back on Sunday. <laughs> we really need her. Uh, yeah, she's been brilliant this season, yeah. Fliss. We really need her back, yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see whether Sibs is anywhere near being able to be on the bench. Yeah, she must be getting closer. She's been back into training, hasn't she? So we saw the video when she was running out and everyone was applauding her coming back into yeah. training with the team. That was a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully she's getting closer. Yeah, yeah. So what's your prediction then, Mike? Or do you want me to give me to do mine first? Uh, you, you always go first. You always go first. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm going for 3-1 to Palace. I can't see us keeping a clean sheet because we just don't seem to do that very often. So I'd like to think we, 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 we'd win 3-0, but I've, I've gone for 3-1 because I just think we're bound to let our goal in. We always seem to, don't we? Um, we still seem um, a, 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 you know, a, bit, um, uh, a bit dodgy at defending corners and free kicks and things in the air. So I'm expecting us to, um, to win, though, because I think we'd just be too strong for them. Um, so I'm going for 3-1 I'm going for um, uh, two from Husey and another goal from Sinead Nice, nice I, I also think 3-1 uh, same as you we just don't keep clean sheets do we this season um, I, could see no. it, I could see it's going like 2-0 and then it goes back to 2-1 and then we, we kind of catch them late on um, I, I I think I've I've got Hughes to score. Uh, I think Moles will score, um, and then I had, uh, and then I've, I've kind of while I was updating you about the, the hamstring, I've kind of talked myself out of it now. But I was thinking that if Lucy's on the bench, it it has the I don't know why I've got this just this vibe of it's the kind of game where, you know, I say it'd be like back to two one or something like that, and then she'd come on and then score a late late goal uh, when when they're pushing hard to try and get an equaliser or something, but um, she's possibly not going to be available. So maybe I might go Araya Dennis with her pace coming in. If she doesn't start um, getting a third, getting a third for us. Yep. Well, let's hope we're both right with the score. <laughs> it's a really important game. Yeah, Gosh, it really is. Yeah, really, they really, really need to get that. Get those points. Uh, just to say, I think the points, but a good performance as well. That's the thing. It's um, the points, obviously, you know, are, are the biggest thing in the end. But I think we, I think just for ourselves, we need a good, strong performance um, just to get ourselves get ourselves going again. And say, and then we have got Lewis at home the following week. So, um, you know, um, yeah, I've just get get ourselves a good performance. Get get points on the board and. Because I can't see Lewis. Sunderland have got Lewis on Friday night. I don't know why it's Friday night. It's a bit weird. Um, oh, is it? I thought Charlton were playing Friday night. I thought oh, it was uh, Charlton. I know, you know, you're all right. It's Charlton. It is Charlton. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's live on the FA the... player. On... That's Friday night on the FA player, I think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, all right. That's, that's a bit of a weird one. So, Sunderland are playing... Uh, Durham, they're playing Dirty Durham. I think, I think, I think Charlton, yeah. Charlton are going to win at Lewis on Friday night. I can't see them not, you know. And I, I think Sunderland will beat Durham, 
And I think Southampton, Southampton always bounce when they've lost a game, they always bounce back quite strongly. So I see them beating Sheffield United at home. So it's it's really important that we go and get those um, those points. Yeah, because I think you're right. I think the top teams there will all pick up three points. I think Birmingham will as well. I think they're. I can't remember who they're playing. I put the in our predictions. I put Birmingham four nil to win. So they. I'm not sure who they're playing, but yeah, they. Um, I, I, I think the top teams are all going to win. We, we've got to win, otherwise we're going to get stuck getting getting left behind. Birmingham, we've got Reading. I've got I've got them to win three nil. Yeah, I've got. I, I went for four nil. I went for four 0 because I think Birmingham are at home as well. I just can't can't see them not winning. So we've really got to start picking up points again now um, to stay up there. But well, we know they're not, we know they're not going to win four 0 because you voted, you've picked it. So <laughs> that's true. I'm bottom of the league, aren't I? I'm rubbish. I'm absolutely rubbish. Whatever result I put, don't put it because you're not going to get. Yeah, I don't think I've got any, like any correct. You got none. You got you got none. No actual correct scoreline. Incredible. Not, not, not one yet. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So well, we know it's not going to be four 0 to Birmingham. Then that's good. But that also means it's not going to be three one to Palace because because that's what I've gone for for the, in the predictions oh, as well. seven one. Seven one. Yeah, you shouldn't have copied me. Every other game feature. from Hammering. <laughs> right, right. On on that note, where you now just dashed all our hopes. Uh, just bring, I suppose, really bring things to a close. It's been a bit of a a random pod. This one, we say, with no game to review. Obviously, a lot of the time, that's that, that's where we go into our detail, and it's, it's easier to preview a game when you've got someone from the you know a fan from the opposition to come on and talk about the club. Uh, so, hopefully, for those who listened, um, us talking about. On the Palace to Win pod, talking about everything else, uh, Ballon d'Ors and Lionesses and TV, not non games on TV and um, all the other stuff we've talked about. Uh, hopefully, it's been an enjoyable listen to you all. Um, maybe some interest, you know, some interesting bits in there, things you may not have known before. Um, so yeah, so uh, obviously, as I, as I mentioned earlier, if you haven't already. Go, you know, the Barclays Championship, go on their Twitter page or look at my retweets. Vote for Annabelle in the Player of the Month and either Annabelle or Ray in the Goal of the Month. And again, the, the club's Player and Goals of the Month. We've got, uh, go and vote on those as well. Uh, if, though, if you haven't done already, it's still pinned at the top of my Twitter profile, which is the GoFundMe for Maddie Cusack, um, the, the, the foundation that they're trying to set up for. Uh, to help uh, young girls getting into the game uh, in Maddie's honour. Um, please, if you haven't done so already, um, go on there and uh, give a little bit of support uh, for a great cause and a great memory. So uh, with that said, um, yeah, I think that, that covers it all really. Um, we should see Amy hit 50, join 50 Club on Sunday, barring any last-minute injuries or anything that we don't know about. Um, so yes, I believe she joins Fifty Club on Sunday, uh, which means another trophy we need to sort out. Yeah. Um, but no, other than that, uh, Phil, anything else you'd like to add, mate? No, just want to wish the uh, the team well for Sunday. It's a really big game. Um, 
hoping it's on with the weather we've got coming up with this storm, but um, ho hopefully it'll be on and, and we can put in a good performance. So I just want to wish uh, the team well and that's all. But yeah, really enjoyed it again, Mike. Um, bit random, some of it today, wasn't it? But um, in enjoyed the chat. Thanks very much. We're about a random hour and 26 minutes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, no, so cheers, Phil, as always. And thanks to everyone, whether you've listened live, listening on the replay, listening on Spotify. Uh, please continue to do so, spread the word. And we hope you continue to enjoy the conversations that we have. Um, we will be back next week reviewing Sunday's game against Watford, hopefully reviewing a win and previewing the return to the VBS where we will be playing Lewis. So uh, join us next week for that. So with that said, um, cheers, Phil. Cheers, Mike. Come on, you palace. Come on, you palace.